Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. This is Matthias Horner, director of Warriors Gate, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> When a Chinese student learns that his beloved master has been murdered by members of an invading Japanese school, he makes it his mission to avenge his headmaster and teach the invaders a lesson in respect. If the story sounds familiar, that's because it's a remake of a classic that has gone on to become a classic itself as we watch Jet Li's Fist of Legend. Fist of Legend is a 1994 Hong Kong martial arts film directed by Gordon Chan, featuring action choreography by Yun Wu Ping and produced by Jet Li, who also starred in the lead role. Now, this film is a remake of the Bruce Lee classic Fist of Fury, or Chinese Connection, and I will admit that the first time I watched this movie, I went in with a really bad attitude because it served as my introduction to Jet Li, and how dare anyone remake a Bruce Lee classic? But as I watched, the film won me over within a few minutes because Jet Li is so engaging that he brings a completely different energy to the character of Chen Zhen, the fictional hero of our tale. If you're new to Kung Fu and want to watch Jet Li in a classic role, check this out because it's available right now on Netflix and in case you don't want to take my word for it, it's currently got 100% certified fresh ranking on Rotten Tomatoes. Now like Fist of Fury, the story centers around the Japanese occupation of China during the First World War. The movie opens with Jet Li studying in a class at a Japanese school, and while he's fixated on taking notes, a Japanese classmate played by Shinobu Nakayama is making goo-goo eyes at him, but he can't be bothered. By the way, Shinobi Nakayama is a super cute waif of an actress who had a decent career as a J-pop singer and then went on to acting, having appeared in several Gamera movies. What does wind up bothering Chen and the whole class is the arrival of some members of the Kokoya clan, who single him out. What's going on here? Chinaman, get out! The professor tries to intervene, as do some of the students, but to no avail. Mitsuko steps in, but as the clan leader hauls back and is about to strike her, Chen Zen steps in and faces him down. The leader gives him a three count to get out of there, and on three, Chen cracks his fist like a whip right into the leader's face, knocking him out. Fight scene. The clan members start rushing in one by one and get met with a variety of punishing blows. One guy gets slammed into the desk, another gets his leg brutally snapped in half, and another gets thrown into a table, all at the hands of Chen Zhen, who's striking with unearthly speed and accuracy. The leader steps back up and instead of taking another punch, has his jaw deftly dislocated, which renders him mute for a moment. Chen continues ruining knees and elbows until the entire Kokoya clan is crawling away from him as quickly as they can. By this time, the professor has returned with the Kokoya sensei in tow, who's embarrassed for the conduct of his clan and who also happens to be the uncle of Mitsuko. So, I hope you've learned something from your visit to this class. Brutality, as I've taught you, has never been the way to win a battle. Professor, I do apologize. The sensei is played by Yasuaki Kurata, who's had some starring turns in many classics like Heroes of the East and Dragon Princess, as well as the sequel to this film, Legend of the Fist, The Return of Chen Zhen, starring Donnie Yen. He always comes off as the noble, steely-eyed heavy who you just know can break out some deadly skill if push comes to shove. Here though, he's also wrapped around the finger of Mitsuko as she tries to keep him distracted from the tension in the room. She reveals that she and Chen are in a relationship, but when Chen introduces himself to the sensei, he recognizes his name and asks if he attended the Jingwu school in Shanghai. When Chen confirms it, the sensei drops a bombshell. Oh no. 
What is it, Uncle? I... Last night, in the local newspaper, the article said that your master was killed in a match. He fought with one of the Noguchi clan to his death. Chen immediately departs for Shanghai, having to leave Mitsuko behind. As he leaves her on the dock, even in light of the circumstances of his master's death, she pleads with him to look beyond the deteriorating race relations between their respective peoples. Back in Shanghai, Chen makes his way to the school, but along the way encounters many reminders of just how deeply the Japanese have inserted their culture into his country. He learns from a rickshaw driver that his beloved Jing Wu has suffered major setbacks since his master died. The master here was killed, and now the pupils are leaving. Hey, don't you know? The Japanese want this place real bad. Chen's homecoming interrupts a challenge being presented to Ting Anhua, his classmate and former master's son, who is now serving as the school's new headmaster. As Ting An accepts the rival school's test, there's a moment of recognition between the two before taking the challenge to the courtyard. Fight scene. Chin Su Ho plays Ting An, and though he's never had much of the spotlight to himself, he's one of those character actors that you always recognize but maybe never placed right away. He's been in a ton of kung fu flicks, some of which I've covered on this show, like Ten Tigers of Quang Tung and Masked Avengers, but this is one of his biggest roles. Ting An gets into position, and this fight starts off with a brutal kick that sends the challenger flying. That's followed by a slow-mo sequence featuring a boot to the head, which the challenger can't even begin to block. The challenger charges again, but Ting An, in a vulgar display of skill, needs only one hand to fend off his clumsy attacks. Now, if that bit of kung fu looks familiar, it's not an accident, because the fight choreographer for this film was Yun Wu Ping, who went on to choreograph the fights in The Matrix. Look up that scene where Neo's holding off Agent Smith with just one hand, and you'll see a clear pickup from his work here. I know Kung Fu. Eh, that's debatable, Neo. Meanwhile, Ting An proceeds to absolutely wreck his opponent with speed and a savage barrage of kicks. Even when the challenger can get his hands on Ting An, he's able to flip his way out of it and still land some crushing blows. Eventually, the opponent has to concede reluctantly, but Ting An praises his efforts anyway and adds a warning to any other challengers. Understand something. If you're looking for a fight at Jing Wu, you are asking for trouble. You or the Japanese. Later, as Chen is paying his respects to his fallen teacher, Ting An is Uncle No, watches Chen grabs a plaque from the wall that bears the symbol for acceptance or tolerance. As he wraps up his prayer, he punches through the plaque, splintering it into pieces. Uncle No moves to protest, but Ting An holds him back. From there, Chen decides that he's got one very important mission to attend to immediately. Where are you going? To the Noguchi. Chen's in. Revenge is against the law, you know. Well then, I'll break the law. Chen's in. Chen's in. Chen heads over to the Noguchi school alone, despite the protestations of his classmates. Uncle No forbids Ting An from going after him, but he does send along some other students as a reinforcement. The local police station also gets tipped off that Chen's heading to the school and sends a unit to check in. At the Noguchi dojo, Chen steps inside and immediately gets braided by one of the students. Take your Chinese shoes and get out of here! Unflustered, Chen calmly asks for someone named Akutagawa, the name of the guy that beat his master in the tournament, so that he can talk to him. The student who got in Chen's grill has had enough, however, and he steps to Chen, which winds up being very unfortunate for his face. Chen does this crazy fast takedown of the guy by grabbing the back of his head and throwing him face first to the floor. It happens lightning quick, and it spurs the rest of the dojo to their feet as they gather right in front of him. Fight scene. Several groups of Japanese students rush towards Chen, but 
As he calmly walks through the dojo, he fends off any would-be attackers with blisteringly fast counterattacks that level anyone in his way. A front kick here, a gut punch there, and students drop left and right. The action here does get a bit sped up from time to time for the sake of dynamism, but even if it wasn't, Jet Li's skills would still shine through. In a cool slow-mo sequence, Chen hooks a leaping karateka by his leg and drops him to the ground and then immediately catches another leaping student with a straight punch to the groin that sends him sliding across the dojo floor. He continues mowing students down and even kicks one on the floor so hard that he slides into a group of students, knocking them down like bowling pins. There's a cool overhead shot of Chen spin kicking his way through any student stupid enough to come at him. With still about a dozen guys left to go, Chen hooks one guy in the mouth and casually flips him and wipes his fingers on his shirt. Through it all, Chen is as stoic as possible without the barely concealed rage that Bruce Lee displayed in his dojo battle in Fist of Fury. Even after bearing witness to what must feel like an epic beatdown, the students just keep coming. Another highlight moment comes when one student sets off a pretty spinning leap as he sets up to land a kick to Chen's head. Chen, however, without much effort at all, unleashes a high straight kick that catches the guy in mid-spin and drops him like a bag of rocks. As the fighters start to back off, Chen makes his way to the head student who brandishes a practice sword. One more student decides to try his luck, sneaking up on Chen, but Chen reaches back and takes a firm hold of the guy's crotch, then yanks upwards, lifting the guy off his feet, then dropping him flat on his back. I hope he didn't want to have any kids. The head student comes at Chen with his sword, but Chen kicks right through it, then lands a single crushing punch to the guy's solar plexus, knocking him backwards. Chen then loads up a massive kick which doesn't connect, but instead pins the guy to the wall behind him. Chen asks to see Akutagawa again, and as it so happens, Akutagawa is rushing over after getting wind of the attack on his school. We then cut to a scene in the middle of the dojo where Akutagawa and Chen are facing off. Akutagawa lays down the rules for what's going to be a less than friendly tete-a-tete. -tete. We shall challenge each other openly and fairly. If one of us dies, there will be no revenge. Chen nods in agreement and, in a show of some limited respect, removes his shoes and sets them aside before facing off with the man who defeated and ultimately killed his beloved master. Master fought you with a Hua fist. It would be his wish for me to do the same. What is the Pottern family? Hey, y'all. It's Juliette Miranda from the Unwritable Rant Podcast. This is Michael Vasquez of the No Sound Bites Allowed Podcast. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob from the Something Something Cast. This is Knock from the Geek Over Podcast. This is Jeff with the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. This is Daniel from the Toe on the Trigger Podcast. This is Dave from the Parlapod Podcast. Hey, guys. This is Mike from the Mike Jolet Show. Woo! We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks Podcast. We are you podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow so follow us on twitter at potter family and use the hashtag potter family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same potter family where great podcasts come home fight scene akutagawa is played by lu shui shen and is a big dude compared to jet Li. He's got this cocky roughneck look to him that plays really well opposite Jet's quiet power. The guys stare each other down and Akutagawa attacks first with a flurry of kicks that Chen dodges easily. When he does throw a counter-strike, it's a straight punch to the sole of Akutagawa's foot which hurts him and makes him a little unstable for the remainder of the fight. 
Still, he throws a kick right through some wooden railings, but Chen hops around every strike and even gets right in Akutagawa's face without hitting him, just because he can, as if to test him. He does it time and again, and to add insult to injury, starts yanking him around the room by his ear like he's a petulant child. He easily tosses Akutagawa to the ground and then again hovers right over his fallen opponent to mock him. Akutagawa keeps coming, but Chen is more than ready for any feeble attack. After chopping him down a final time, Chen leans into Akutagawa's face and tells him exactly what he thinks. He'd have beaten you if he had been healthy. Akutagawa tries one final move to gouge Chen's eyes out, but Chen grabs his hand, twists it, and flings him across the floor where his students try to hold him up. Then Chen puts his shoes back on and walks out without another word. Outside the dojo, the Chinese police and some of the Jingwu students are trying to get into the school to help Chen, but they're barred from entry by soldiers posted out front. As Chen walks out, no worse for the wear, he encounters the imposing General Vegeta, played by Billy Chow, who simply tells Chen to get lost. Chen, meanwhile, instructs the students to tell Ting An to gather everyone and meet tonight at the grave of their master. Later that night, the Jingwu students with Doctor in tow exhume the body of Master Hua. The Chinese police, by the way, are completely on board with this. Chen himself makes the incision to extract the liver from the corpse, which the doc tests positive for thoracide. Word starts to spread around the school and town that there's been some foul play. A lot of the talk praises Chen for his leadership, which seems to be a little touchy for Ting An. As students theorize about who could have poisoned their master, Uncle No throws out the disturbing possibility that someone from Jingwu might have done it. That sets off some accusatory thinking, and the house chef gets a bit bent out of shape over it. Chen tries to quell the situation by sitting down and eating without fear and inviting others to join him. Here, he confides to Ting An that he wants to get more info from the doc so that he can continue to seek out the actual killer. But first, Chen gets to show off some of the training that he's learned while living in Japan. He breaks out a jump rope and works the foot speed, which awes his classmates as they've never seen one to this point. How do you not see a jump rope? Next, we get a few admittedly ridiculous demos that make some use of fancy wire work, especially when Chen is doing one-handed pull-ups that simply can't be performed as effortlessly as Jet Li makes it look. I don't care how good your kung fu is. As Chen continues to share what he's learned, the school starts attracting attention from prospective students who've heard of his prowess. Uncle No, protective of Ting An, is annoyed by the attention Chen's getting. Ting An isn't exactly tickled pink either. Later that evening, Ting An decides to distract himself by spending some time with the lady of the evening that he has apparently fallen in love with. Meanwhile, back at the Noguchi school, General Fujita is going over his plans when a drunken and shamed Akutagawa stumbles in, asking to know the truth about the poisoning of Jingwu's headmaster. And Fujita holds nothing back. We were depending on you, my friend, to destroy the Fist of Legend. You couldn't. To his credit, Akutagawa is enraged that he fought a dishonorable fight, and in his drunken fury lays hands on Fujita. Unfortunately, the seemingly superhuman Fujita rears back and plants a kick right in Akutagawa's side, then pops up and lifts a samurai over his head, then brings him down over his knee, shattering his spine. The next morning, as students of the Noguchi school open their gates, they find the body of Akutagawa with a note that reads, Revenge is mine, Chen Zen. This sets off the school, who grab their swords and head right over to Jing Wu. Ting An greets them, and when they ask for Chen to be turned over to them, Ting An throws a little dig their way. Chen Zen? Impossible. He might be, uh, outbeating someone. Karate master or samurai? When they explain that they want him for the murder of Okutagawa, Ting-An has his back, so the Noguchi representative challenges him to a fight. Ting-An, clearly not afraid of the Noguchi, orders the gates closed, and it's on like Donkey Kong. 
fight scene. The Japanese draw their swords, but the Jingwu counter with their own weaponry. The free-for-all ranges all over the yard, and Chin Su Ho shows off some serious skill in footwork as he hands out beatings like it's a two-for-one sale. His coolest sequence shows off some stick fighting against a bevy of attackers. The police arrive to break things up just as Chen returns from his morning jog. This stirs up the Japanese, but the police chief quickly arrests Chen and gets him out of there to bring him in for questioning about the murder of Akutagawa. Now, either in a terrible, terrible bit of editing or an incredibly speedy overnight arraignment, gathering of witnesses and scheduling court time, we move to a trial where the Japanese present several witnesses that will attest to seeing Chen stab and kill Akutagawa. One of the witnesses has his vision tested by the defense lawyer, who holds up two fingers and asks the witness to tell him the count to which he humorously fails. This gives Chen's crew some hope. As Chen himself gets up to testify, his lawyer calls a surprise witness to the stand. It's Mitsuko. Under grilling from the biased Japanese prosecution, who thinks this Japanese girl is going to be on his side, Mitsuko throws a wrench into the case by claiming that Chen Zen couldn't possibly be the murderer because he was with her at a hotel all night on the night that the murder happened. This sets Chen's classmates a titter at the idea of Chen falling for a Japanese girl. And in another awesome display of the justice machine in perfect working order, the judge considers what he's heard so far and declares the entire proceedings to be a waste of time. This looked like a span of about 24 hours at most, but Chen was arrested, imprisoned, arraigned, brought to trial, hired a lawyer, laid out their arguments, found witnesses, contacted Mitsuko, got her to Shanghai from Japan, allowed her to perjure herself on the stand, and then walked out on a murder charge, a free man. But his countrymen are none too pleased with his choice of a girlfriend, and they flat out reject Mitsuko. Despite Chen's profession of his love for her, Ting An and his fellow classmates are too hardened against anything Japanese and issue Chen an ultimatum that either she leave on her own or Chen leave with her. But here, Ting An pushes another issue to the fore and finally airs out his grievance over Chen's influence on the school since he's returned. He acknowledges that he seems to be fighting a battle for the hearts and minds of the students, so he takes this chance to challenge Chen for leadership of Jing Wu. What's up, everybody? This is your man, Adam, from the Mike Kings Podcast, telling you guys to give us a listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and follow us on Twitter, at the Mike Kings. We talk about pop culture, movies, games, TV shows, anything that's interesting to today's millennials. Give us a listen. I promise you'll enjoy it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Fight scene. So guys, this fight scene absolutely floored me the first time I saw it. I must have watched this scene five or six times before I let the rest of the movie play. Watching these two fight was a huge thrill, punctuated by some signature moves that still make me lean in to watch them today. Chin Su Ho and Jet Li move so fantastically and play off one another so well it looks like magic. Now, there are some obviously sped up moments in the fight, but it's so full of great exchanges that I'm more than happy to speed through some good stuff to get to the more gooder stuff. Chen's very reluctant to fight his friend, so the first third of the fight is played with restraint, while Ting An is balls-to-the-wall power fueled by resentment. Ting An smashes through vases and railings while Chen actually has to pull his punches several times because he would have really hurt his buddy. It's only when Ting An connects with what seems like malice that Chen decides that for Mitsuko's sake, he has to actually fight back. With Ting An charging and leaping into a flying kick, Chen jumps up and turns to catch him in midair with a savage back kick that drops him like a wounded duck. From there, Chen shifts his fighting style to American boxing and tags Ting An mercilessly while Ting An can only try to work out how to defend himself 
against this new foreign fighting style. Chen bobs and weaves and throws roundhouse after roundhouse until Ting'an can barely stand anymore. Ting'an, bruised, beaten, and more than slightly embarrassed, turns Jing Wu over to Chen, no questions asked. I don't want Jing Wu, but I won't leave Mitsuko. If we have to leave together, then I guess it's goodbye. Unfortunately, Chen and Mitsuko find that their mixed relationship isn't welcome anywhere else in Shanghai either. So they find themselves in a dilapidated hut situated up in the mountains away from the racial tension down below. Meanwhile, at Jingwu, Ting'an has disappeared from the school, sulking in his loss to his former classmate and friend. The rest of Jingwu lives under the cloud of Japanese retaliation due to reports that they've developed a bloodlust for Chen and are more than happy to take it out on any Chinese that get in their way. Right on cue, students from the Noguchi school show up at Jingwu to set things in motion. They issue an official challenge to Jingwu, so Uncle No sends some students out to find Ting'an. With the school preoccupied, the cook calls aside one of the students, and we learn that the cook did indeed slip the headmaster the drug, not knowing that it was actually poison. The student had brokered the deal with the Japanese in the hopes of a large payday and protection when the takeover was complete. But now, regretting his decision, the cook has second thoughts, but that gets cut short when the student strangles him, then hangs him from the rafters to look like a suicide. Later, the woman that Ting An's been visiting at the brothel walks into Jing Wu and offers up Ting An's whereabouts, much to the chagrin of Uncle No. When we catch up with Ting An, we see that he's in sorry shape, drunk and fighting with anyone who'll throw hands with him. He's taking a beating from five toughs when the Jing Wu students step in to help him. But instead of being grateful, Ting An just wants to continue fighting. When calmer heads have prevailed, Uncle No explains the challenge by the Noguchi. Ting An accepts the fight and decides to return to Jing Wu. He even gets to keep his prostitute girlfriend as Uncle No steps up and buys her out for the sake of her relationship with Ting An. With Ting An back, Jing Wu starts preparing for the challenge, but something seems a little off about Ting An and the other students notice. Over at Noguchi, they're preparing as well, and we see that the champion they've selected happens to be Mitsuko's uncle, Funikochi, the Kyoto clan sensei from the opening of the film. General Fujita reinforces to Funikochi that he knows all about Chen Zen's relationship with his niece, and that he'll do whatever he has to to make sure that Funikochi does his job. For his part, Funikochi doesn't back down to the general. Whatever weaknesses that the general is perceiving would have to be his own. I have none. At their little mountain bungalow, Chen and Mitsuko get a visit from Funikochi to speak with Chen Zen. Unbeknownst to her, Funikochi's challenge isn't for Ting'an, but for Chen himself. The men peel away to square off, but there's a sense of mutual respect between the two, so instead of getting right to it, Funikochi actually talks to Chen about what he's learned abroad. Chen gets to show off a little by punching right through solid rock. Funikochi counters by cutting his bare hand through the air and effortlessly slicing through a free-floating piece of paper. They continue to jaw for a little bit, but eventually, it's go time. Fight scene. Funikochi here lists a couple of laughs before the fight actually starts because... As Chen steps forward with his fist bared, he hits the pause button and takes off his sandals and robe before getting into posture. Then as Chen charges a second time, he again stops to stretch and warm up. This frustrates Chen, but he complies with a great exasperated look on his face. He watches Funikochi warm up for a bit, and when they're both finally ready, the action just explodes. Funikochi executes a running flying kick, which Chen blocks for a moment, but Funikochi then pops up high in the air with another kick 
that Chen blocks but still has to take a knee because of it. The kicks keep coming and Chen backpedals for a bit, but then uncorks an awesome move where, from his back, he kicks himself up and out but lets his momentum carry him forward to simultaneously block Funakoshi's low kick and still land a punch inside. This provides an opening where Chen again reverts to American boxing and begins to bounce around, confusing Funakochi for a bit. Chen mixes in what looks like Muay Thai inside knee strikes, putting Funakochi back on his heels. Funakochi, intrigued, attempts to imitate Chen's style and, because he's Funakochi, successfully distills some of the finer points and works it inside on Chen. Chen again mixes things up and, after a taking a punch to the face, does a flying spinning kick which tags Funakochi and still puts him on his feet ready to go again. When Win kicks him some dust, Funakochi's eyes are most affected and he takes a beating because of his limited sight. As Chen backs him up to deliver a hammer to his face, he notices the irritation and pulls his punch just moments before it lands. In an insane show of respect and gamesmanship, Chen offers to blindfold himself to even the playing field. Funakochi does the same and two blindfolded warriors going at it makes the Kung Fu Kid and me geek out hard. Quick aside, back when we were kids, we inevitably tried some variation of this because being able to fight while blind must be the coolest thing ever. Daredevil's creators knew it, and look how awesome the TV show makes it look too. However, again, being slightly less than skilled in actual kung fu, kids fighting with blindfolds is way worse than giving them a stick and making them swing at a piñata. Because at least with a piñata, you sort of know the general direction you should be swinging. With blindfolded fighting, we ran the risk of knocking each other's teeth out with inadvertent collisions, punching at parked cars, or running into traffic and becoming road pizza. All absolutely terrible options. On the opposite end of that spectrum is this fight, which is incredible. The fighters react to every little thing, sound, the push of air, etc., and continue to throw and land combinations that would cripple anyone. They start to use misdirection to confuse one another and then take turns wrecking each other's joints until Chen has Funakochi in a leg bar but has his throat gripped tightly in a choke. Funakochi calls the battle over and praises Chen for his skill despite his youth. The pair show mutual admiration for their opponents, but Chen admits that technically Funakochi won. Funakochi takes the opportunity to deliver a fighting lesson, which will of course come in handy later, and then warns Chen that even though their fight is done, another champion known as the Supreme Killer still waits to finish the job and potentially try to conquer China in the process. The most powerful fighter in the Noguchi Arena is a man called General Fujita. Take care when you fight him. Okay, should I do my movie voice? Yeah, do it. Hi, this is a beardo and a weirdo talk film. A movie podcast. Actually, it's, isn't it a film podcast? Because it's called a beardo and a weirdo talk film. A beardo and a weirdo talk film. A film podcast about films. <laughs> F-I-L. F to the I to the L-M-S. Films, yeah, we talk about films, don't we? We talk about old films, mainly new what, films, though. What, Matt, Matt, enlighten me. What, what was the film we just reviewed? Um, I believe it was Fantastic Beasts Ooh. and Where to Not Find Them. Ooh. And, and what was your rating out of, out of the Matt, 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 out of ten? Uh, that was a reasonably warm 7 out of 10. What was yours, Joe? I gave it an 8. An 8. An so 8. 
You, you think it was slightly better um, than me, but... Oh, dirty slut. He just gives everything away. You just give it away, didn't just you? Just take it. Take it. Take take the eight. Take the eight. Take it. Take it deep. You know you, know you want the eight. But yeah, uh, you can find a podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. There's YouTube, but there's no video footage, so you just listen to it and look at a picture of us, so uh, that's good. Yep. And Eddie Redmayne has autism, and he guns a lot. <sighs> I can do magic, me. It's all started to fall into place. <laughs> <laughs> that evening, Chen and Mitsuko get another visit, this time from Ting An. Chen and Ting An wistfully catch up on the developments at Jingwu and how Ting An's prostitute girlfriend is welcome, but not Chen's Japanese one. It feels like a goodbye, especially when Ting An shows Chen his family's signature Hua Fist style, which he insists that Chen teach to the school in case he doesn't make it back from the challenge. After Ting An leaves, Chen heads back inside to find that Mitsuko has up and left him to stay out of his way and not mess up an already bad situation between their peoples. She'll be waiting in Japan for him, but until then, Chen's got to focus on the Noguchis and General Fujita. Speaking of which, we move to a demo by Fujita himself, who is showcasing his superhuman strength and resiliency. Two students bash his body with large wooden poles, which easily break across his back without phasing him. He drives nails with his bare hand and then punches kicks and even headbutts his way through solid rock and just brushes it off. On the day that Ting An leaves for the challenge, Chen shows up to be his wingman while at Noguchi, General Fujita learns that Funikochi is left for Shanghai, so he himself will have to handle things. Yes, we can't rely on Funikochi for everything. I'm going to personally handle this matter. Later, Ting An and Chen walk into the dojo to find Fujita waiting for them, but before any fighting happens, Fujita reveals that their own classmate was the one behind the poisoning of their headmaster. He calls the student out to kneel beside him, and while Ting An and Chen watch, Fujita gets up and shoots the traitor in the head. He then presents the pair with a sign he made that in some dubs reads Sick Men of the East, and in others Jingwu's Closed. In Fist of Fury with Bruce Lee, the sign read Sick Men of Asia. In any case, it was a huge insult to Jingwu and the Chinese in general, and it seems that this was enough to set Ting An off. Fight scene. Ting An runs and sets up a flying kick, but the general calmly raises a fist and plants it right in Ting An's chest, sending him backwards. He then stands and takes every punch Ting An throws without budging. There are a few slow-mo sequences where we see Fujita counterpunch with his elbows to send Ting An to the mat time and again. Fueled by insult and rage, Ting An just keeps coming, but Fujita's an immovable object and all his attacks amount to nothing. A bone-crunching kick from Fujita sends Ting An through some glass, but when Fujita tosses a sign at Ting An, Chen intercepts it with a huge kick that cracks his sign in half. Tag. Chen's it. Final fight. So if you look up the best kung fu fight scenes ever, this one is undoubtedly on the list somewhere. It's a straight 10 minutes of Jet Li versus Billy Chow in an unforgettable smackdown. Chen starts things off with a big kick to Fujita's chest, which sends him backwards but doesn't hurt him. He then pops into his boxing stance, and the pair exchange some awesome blows. The camera pulls way back so you can see the guys move. The fight brings in props from all over the dojo, and a little wire work keeps Chen in the air long enough to let loose a bicycle kick, then get flipped backwards and still land a kick to Fujita's jaw. Unlike Ting An, however, Chen's blows do seem to have a little bit more effect. Some slow-mo shots give us great looks at Fujita's reactions to the blows coming at him, and then we snap back to regular speed with something like a straight punch that knocks Chen out of the air like a bug. Chen's not faring as well with Vegeta as he has with other opponents. Vegeta just can't be stopped, and 
a little thing like putting his face through glass has no effect, so a few boots to the head certainly won't leave a mark. Chen drops to the ground after a particularly hard beating and stays down just long enough for Vegeta to think he's won. But here, Chen takes the time to remember what Funikochi told him during their fight about adapting. See, Chen Sen, when you redirect your opponent's energy, you force him to change. So in essence, he defeats himself. See? That's it. Chen stands up and Fujita brings it once again. He goads Fujita in and when he's in close, Chen quickly changes things up and throws a hard strike, followed by a very light brush across Fujita's nose, which breaks his concentration just long enough for Chen to follow up with a series of punches that sends Fujita reeling. The fight moves outside to the garden where the pair destroy lots of lawn ornaments, but the shots really start to come rapid fire here. And again, we see Chen work his power punches and get inside just close enough to do another light brush, which confuses Vegeta and allows Chen to take a hard shot at his throat. Chen continues pressing his advantage, but Vegeta still won't go down easily. He dares Chen to hit him right in his face, but when Chen throws a roundhouse kick at him, Vegeta catches his leg and tosses him to the side, shattering a stone bench. With both men bloodied and broken, they resort to whatever they have to do to land some hits. Vegeta presses close, and Chen pulls off this move where he leans forward and swings his foot behind and over him to land a kick right to Vegeta's face. With blood dripping into his eye, Vegeta can't help but blink it away, which Chen notices as he recalls his fight with Funikochi. When Vegeta has to shut his eye for a moment, Chen tries to exploit the advantage, but Vegeta isn't quite done yet. Vegeta tosses Chen back into the dojo, then rampages through the broken walls after him. Chen musters up everything he's got left to face Vegeta down, and they just go full bore after one another doing what they have to do to stay in the fight. After repairing his own dislocated shoulder, Chen pours it on. Vegeta manages to grab onto Chen and lifts him over his head for the final backbreaker, but Chen's able to hook Vegeta's neck and flip them both over. Towards the end of this fight, Vegeta and Chen exchange a glance as if to say that they understand that this is going to be the end for one of them, and they're both resigned to that. Chen then goes after some weak spots and lays it on thick. Vegeta is reeling from the blows and there's an amazing long shot of Jet Li launching a spinning double kick to Billy Chow's chest and face and then spinning out of it to land safely as Chow tumbles backwards. Vegeta struggles to get back up and falls and it seems that this fight is over. Oh, but you would be so very, very wrong. Welcome to Cinema Bushido, a bi-weekly movie show taking on badass action cinema. Samurai, robots that are alive, you are coming with me. Kung Fu, swords. You think I've Nash? Why, Garfield? You cruising for a piece of ass? And guns, lots of guns. You can find us everywhere you go to find podcasts. And be sure to check out cinemabushido.com. As Chen helps Ting An up to get out of there, Vegeta rises and charges with a sword drawn. Ting An shoves Chen out of the way and takes a sword right through his arm. Chen steps back in and dodges the sword slashes even as it cuts right through his jacket. Vegeta continues slashing wildly while Chen ducks and dodges all over the dojo. But with no other resources, Chen reaches down and grabs his belt and whips the buckle out to tag Vegeta in his head. Chen continues to whip the belt around to keep Vegeta at a safe distance, 
and even gets to whip it around himself in a nod to Bruce Lee's dazzling nunchuck display in Fist of Fury. Fujita just will not stop coming until Chen whips the belt around his wrist and pulls it and the blade of the sword against his own throat. Then with one final yank, forces the blade across Fujita's throat, dropping him to the floor for good. Easily one of the best fight scenes you will ever see. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. Look up any list of the best kung fu movie fight scenes and to a list, this scene will be on there somewhere. It's an absolutely riveting final fight that I could watch over and over and over again. As for the film, the movie wraps up much like Fist of Fury in that Chen Zen winds up facing a garrison of soldiers, but unlike Fury, the Japanese ambassador here ends the conflict between the two countries. He brokers a peace between the countries by providing a scapegoat for killing Fujita. Chen offers himself up, which the ambassador accepts, and the screen fades to black as two shots ring out. The soldiers carry out the bodies of Fujita and Chen, and Chen's legend begins to grow in the country for his noble sacrifice. But in a cool little twist, we see that Chen didn't actually die. Instead, the body of the Jingwu traitor was carried out in his place while he leaves Shanghai to start a new life with Mitsuko. Again, Rotten Tomatoes scores this 100% fresh film, and the critics praise it as such. Jeff Weiss of Deseret News said, If you're going to remake a film, it should be better than, or at least different from, the original. And surprisingly, Fist of Legend manages to do just that. Oz of Hollywood Bitch Slap wrote, If you can watch the opening 15 minutes without wincing, you're made of stern stuff. One of Lee's most brutal works. So Netflix, guys, it's there now, so even though I've spoiled it for you here, go watch it because no amount of spoiling that I do can prepare you for the raw thrill of watching Jet Li do his thing. And while we're speaking of movies, Matthias Hona, whose voice you heard at the top of the show, just had his new film, Enter the Warrior's Gate, drop here in the U.S. in limited engagements, so go check it out if you can and listen to my interview with him. That's going to wrap it up for this episode, so as always, a shout out to the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter, as well as some of my movie pod squad crew. I recently got my 20,000th download, so of course a gigantic thank you to all of you who tune in and kung fu with me. You guys are the best, and I love hearing from you, so drop me a line on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or via email. And until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea of roaming over the land. Yeah, the little bit soldier is older and wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guarantees the great jars. Fight for the cars, then pause here. The pause, not the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, David is coming back. The Tai Chi master, Jetley's even faster. The child a little drink because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China, Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see, Maggie chose his finer. Golden Swallow has arrived. Chan Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain, gonna fight, may as well pick the spot. Yeah, the sky goes black, cause the vampire's back. We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword. 
And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, belly for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we fighting. Ha! This time it's war. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. See, it's a game of death, yo. You're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time and giant account on the TikTok. The shogun assassin slash and blood just drip drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop. Wanna kill Bill? Better get the assassins. He's got Irma dressed in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all To kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car Jet Lee I'm Bolo Young Yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx Yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple See the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house Spending for some action Drinking a little wine We getting drunk And then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm, to smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action, drink a little